Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Yeah, look, I'm all right. I'm a little weary uh, after getting up to watch uh, whatever we're going to call this morning's game. Sure, there's some some expletives, superlatives, (laughs) I don't know, good adjective to describe uh, that performance. There's nothing, not, there's nothing quite like getting up at 4.30 in the morning and being 2-0 down after, what was it, 15 minutes or so? And just yeah. just knowing you're like, oh, yeah, this is going uh, to be a long morning. But, uh, look, yeah, look, we'll get on to that game in a second. We might we might start with the, the more positive uh, stream of things. We've also got Ant in the chat, so I'll just jump that up there. Good morning, Ant. Uh, I know that Ant was up probably at a similar time in the UK uh, to jump on a coach and head down to the QPR game. So in a similar vein to us, probably sort of questioning his life choices and uh, the brilliance of supporting City and and, and sort of the, the varied time zones or, or hours that you wake up to, to make these games work. But um, good to see him in the chat. Look, we'll, um, we'll start with the Coventry game because that's a bit more upbeat uh, and a pretty awesome result in that one. Um, we had... I don't know if there were any changes. I think the only change from the previous game was Koval coming into the starting lineup, which was awesome to see. Um, unfortunate news on him we'll cover in a second as well. Um, but I guess the main story out of it was uh, Oscar's hat trick. So maybe we'll start with that. Yeah, look, um, the game against the Coventry game was was great to watch. Um, enjoyed it from the like first to the last minute, even with the frustrating goals that we conceded within that game. Um, I thought. The, the way we approach that game, you know, uh, in terms of like, I guess like tactics and confidence and whatever was, um, w- was probably way above what I expected after the sort of the, the demolition at the hands of, uh, um, West Brom. I was, I mean, I was hopeful that we'd, we'd come out with a good response. Um, but I think we scored, Oscar, he got the first one fairly early. He was a, yeah. 16 minutes or something or something like that. I think the first one. So we might have even been sooner, 11 minutes maybe. I can't remember. But we scored that first one really early um, off, you know, and we were just very aggressive in both attack and defense. So when we lost the ball, we were aggressive to win it back. And when we had the ball, we were pushing forward quickly. And um, I think over the course of the season so far, when we've played like that is when we've, perf- like the game, other games that we've won or the games that we've taken points out of. And when we haven't done that, uh, sort of the games where we've been punished by opposition. So, um, yeah, I think it, it was really good. Um, you know, it was good to see Oscar just do what do what he does in and around that box. And that's what's been mentioned by, you know, Shotter so far is that if the, you know, he's dangerous when he gets the ball in the box or when he's, you know, and he's he knows what to do once he's in there and the trouble, you know, met, the trouble for a few games is, was, was getting it, the, you know, quality ball into the box in the areas that he could um, capitalize on, um, and a couple of great um, examples of you know him. You know, I guess I mean you call them poachers finishes. I suppose you know they weren't. Um, you know, there was no top bins finishes or anything like that. But you know, a goal's a goal, and I think the good thing is for once. I think I mentioned it on might have been. Was it a preseason game that he scored? I think in one of the preseason where he threw himself at the ball to, to bundle it in the net or something, or he was throwing himself at some chances, which we would say, and we haven't had a striker in a while who's done that. And there was three three chances that I think last season would have gone begging, you know, yeah. where they've skimmed, it skimmed across the line under the keeper and he was there to, to, to knock it in, you know, bounce the, the, the keeper sort of fumbling it or, you know, bouncing off the keeper right in front and, you know, he, just on hand to, to, to knock it in. And I think, you know, it's it's just, it's nice to see, you know, a striker. It's awesome to see, forward, yeah. yeah. forward that we've got who's actually just, who's, I, th- I think the thing is he's just, he's so switched on in that area of the, of the pitch, which is, um, which is really good. And I think, like, he works hard for the team. So I think, like, he deserves all the, the goals and the plaudits and the success that he's having. Um, I think I think of... that's that that's the main thing. It's the work rate, and I think a lot of people would look at that hat trick and say, "Oh, you know, he's gotten pretty lucky." You look at his, I think it's the first goal against Norwich. Oh, well, I guess both of them really go, "Oh, look, he's he's pretty lucky." 
but he's in the right areas because of that yeah. work rate and the way that he presses the opposition. And, and it's not like that he's there to, to get the goals. Yeah, and I think um, like the he's he's quite he's obviously real. He's whether I don't know. He's he, I think I think it personally that it's just he's real smart about uh, and knowing when to press and when to leave. Because um, I think and you know a couple of those moments where he's been in the right position, able to press, and I think particularly it was I think the Norwich goal that um, where he you know pushed some defenders out of the way, hustled and bustled. It fell to him and was able to. Um, put it away, um, which oh, I don't, how he, what he did this morning is infuriating, uh, but we'll get to that later, I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, generally he's been sensational. He's been probably, you know, one of our most consistent performers um, so far and seems to be developing like a really nice partnership with um, Tete on the left. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if we can get a consistent player on the right um, who we can build, you know, start building some some uh, synergy synergy there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, just on Oscar, I mean, we talk about, I mean, seven goals in six games is an awesome start to the season. I think it, it even tops Mitrovic's rate, uh, scoring rate last season. Um, and I tweeted out the other day, it's gone somewhat viral, the, um, the statistics of, um, Oscar's seven in six as a comparison to Diamande and Dico, who each had six goals in 48 or 49 appearances, I think, each. Um, and, you know, looking at other city strikers around that sort of goal range, and we've got Aaron McLean who got eight goals in 76 appearances or something like that. So we've had a sort of a track record of very unprolific strikers, you might say, but at the same time, it just highlights how prolific Oscar's start has been. And I think they were saying on the commentary this morning that the record was eight goals in August by a city striker. So he, he hasn't quite got there. Um, but to be one off our sort of, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily our all time record or if it's just sort of in recent memory um, is pretty remarkable. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the, the QPR game a bit later, but more broadly about this Coventry fixture, I think it's really interesting to see that our home performances have been so strong. Um, it's easy to forget that sort of our end of last season, especially under Shotter, our home form was actually really poor and our results came away from home. Um, so I don't know whether it's the crowds, whether it's a particular shift in the tactics or the way we're setting up or anything like that, um, but it's great to see some really strong performances at the MKM. Yeah, and I think, um, I guess, like, the, you mentioned the crowds and they're growing and growing and growing with every home fixture. So. I think they've opened the the West Upper for yeah. this weekend. I think so, which they've they've been fans have been begging for for a while. So it's good to see yeah. you know, that the, the crowds are, uh, you know, the fans are back. Um, that the stadium is filling up. That we have that, you know, the twelfth man at the MKM again. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that that's really positive. Um, but yeah, there's. What else? What was it? I guess like in terms of that Coventry game, and in terms of like we we're talking about Oscar, I think there's some credit needs to obviously go to Coyle and Elder for the balls that they were putting into the box, and they've come under a fair bit of scrutiny so far this season for the quality of their um, deliveries and you know uh, their contributions to the team, whether defensively or offensively. But I thought both were um, pretty. I mean, everyone was pretty good against. Coventry for the most part, but I thought they had really good games as well. Yeah, no, certainly. I think um, I think especially for that first goal, Oscar sort of gestures at, you know, kind of get the ball into the box, get the ball to me, and Coyle whips that ball in, um, sort of that that inside, like that that in with the not in swinging, but the reverse sort of cross coming into the box, um, which uh, challenges the keeper, and then Elder does sort of similar sort of crosses on the left, and and it was sort of his cross was the initial one into the box before the uh, first goal for Oscar. Um, as you say, yeah, really good, really good attacking runs from both of them. Um, and uh, I think a strength of Oscar's will be sort of responding to those crosses into the box. So the more that we can get in on onto his head, basically, and whilst it didn't work this morning, we'll talk about this game, this morning's game in a second, we did start to see, and I think, I think we're going to see it game by game as the team gets more confidence and more understanding of how Oscar plays that we'll be playing to his strengths more and more, which is, uh, which is great. 
yeah, obviously, um, you know, Koval got his, uh, you know, full debut uh, or like, for, you know, first start for the club. Um, unfortunately, um, ended on a bit of a sour note. Mm. Um, look, I thought he was he was maybe struggling a little bit to 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 get in and and you know create a big impact on the game but you know what how what is he 18 or something yeah something like that yeah, he's pretty like, young he, he's very young so um i think un- unfortunately the injuries turned out a lot worse um it seems than uh than maybe was first anticipated because in the aftermath of that game i saw you know a couple of comments floating around that oh it's just a twisted knee and he wouldn't be too bad but I think you said you read mm. this morning that it was out for the season now, so which must, yeah, kind of th- indicates it's got to be an ACL or an MCL or something like that. So that that's right. Is, I think it was yeah. I think Shotter said in his post match that he's mm. he's basically out for the season, which is a shame. Um, like that sort of diagnosis doesn't surprise me with how he collapsed uh, the second time around when he then went off. Like he was sort of just moving and then no stability in the knee and down he mm. went. So. Um, that's a shame um, because I think he was one who, you know, w- was I think will would have turned into, you know, w- would have really benefited from, you know, that that game, the time in the first team, you know. Um, but unfortunately, um, you know, just another one that's added to our growing injury list. And I was sort of um, talking to Logan about it last week, and it's a really tough one in terms of questioning all of these injuries we've got. And there's obviously an element of bad luck. And I think the Koval one in particular is one of those ones where it's just purely bad luck. Um, uh, it's just remarkable that we've sort of been copying so many of them and and, and the nature of them coming when they do in games um, with Tufan going off quite early um, the previous game as well. Uh, it doesn't help the team settle into the game. And I mean, this morning we didn't have any issues in that sense, which was uh, at least a fortunate element but um we have to hope that we're going to start seeing a few of these players returning from injuries or or absences um i've I've heard i'm sort of hesitant to go into too much about the rumors around seri because it's probably not best to speculate about it but i have heard that it's potentially not an injury per se that's keeping him away that maybe he's got um a few personal issues or, or or whatever it is which is which is totally fine if he does that that he takes that time um but it sounds like that could be why it's it's not you know, they keep kind of saying, oh, he'll be back next game, he'll be back next game, and then it just keeps going on, which makes a bit more sense. Um, but guys like Tufan, Cynic as well, who's meant to be returning to training pretty soon, um, players like that will be good to, to get back into the fold as soon as we can. Yeah, I think, um, I guess what is pleasing is that for the most part, even though we're, I guess we're inconsistent in our performances over the last or I guess this month in general, like we've had some really good performances and some really poor ones, but um, it, it never really feels like we're using those that injury list as an excuse. I haven't really seen any comments from, you know, from Shotter coming out after, you know, the loss against West Brom or the, you know, the loss this morning and saying like, you know, well, we've got 12, like 12 players on the injury list and, you know, that's the first team's worth of players that are out. So we're basically like, I haven't seen any of that, which is really good. Like there's still faith in the players that are there. Um, and I think for the most part, they're doing, they are doing a job. Um, and uh, it's just, it sort of feels like we brought in all the big guns and we've unfortunately just sort of, left them on the table um but hopefully and i think as you alluded to before like once they once all these players start coming back in and and we start adding like you know injecting that little bit of um quality back into the squad and you know touch wood they can manage to they can stay fit uh, when they return like i mean we're jagging results at the moment with a less than full strength side so if we can get the full strength side out there and we can get them to gel and they can stay fit, then I think there's, you know, we'll go um, a long way towards, um, I mean, I've no doubt that we'll definitely at least be safe for the, you know, safe from relegation. I'm, I'm not even, that's not even a fear that even remotely crossed my mind based on the first uh, six or seven games. Yeah. Um, I, I feel much more confident that we'll be um, much, much higher up the, the table and, um, you know, even potentially, you know, looking around, looking over the, just over the fence into the top six, you know, potentially come the end of the season if, if we can all sort of come together. Um, but 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the only comment I've seen, funnily enough, on, from um, Shotter on, on injuries was he was asked this morning about um, Tyler Smith potentially going to Barnsley on loan, I think was the rumour or the suggestion, and, and, and Shotter basically saying, I've got so many injuries out, I can't let anyone out of the building at the moment because if we've got a fit body, I think we just have to keep the fit bodies playing. And um, we'll, we'll do the MVP votes now first before we go on to that QPR uh, match where Tyler Smith did actually score a goal, which was um, good to see. Um, my votes, and I think it's no surprise that the three goes to uh, to Oscar um, for his performance against Coventry. Um, and then as we sort of touched on before, I'm giving the two to Coyle and the one to Elder as basically um, two really great performances from the fullbacks. Uh, yeah, look, on that game, I can't really argue with you on any of those. So I've actually kept those. They're, they're exactly the same. I've not changed yeah, them to- at all. Totally um, fair. I have a di- you've got different <clears throat> opinions on the QPR game. I uh, yeah, I, I, I suspect we will. I've, I've I've included some stats for my one vote for the QPR game because I know it's going to be a very controversial one, um, given comments I've seen across social media. So I've got some stats to back that one up. But we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, look, we'll, we'll talk that QPR game now, and uh, uh, we'll see how much appetite we have to go into too much of it because I think it was a pretty pretty poor performance. Um, I think I said to you this morning that second half kind of. I zoned out of it a little bit because it it felt a bit to me like um, I'm trying to think which which game it was. I mean, obviously there was the Preston game, which did finish nil nil, but that sort of performance where the opposition almost let the foot off the gas and sort of okay, it gave us a bit of a reprieve in the sense that once they'd won the game, they were three nil up, they became quite comfortable with that result, and so I think there's a there's a a chance that people will look at that second half and say, well, we came back into the game. So, you know, Woods coming on certainly did help. Uh, and of course we did score a goal, um, but it felt more like QPR took the foot off and, and they did, a, they did a couple of times raise the tempo again and they did look really dangerous. And look, as, as Ant's saying there, one of the f- worst first halves of football I've seen live. And I, I can't disagree at all. It was um, a really poor performance in that first half. Um, but what did you think, Dan? <sighs> Um, <laughs> look, uh, yeah, the first half was atrocious. I'm like, we, we, I mentioned before that when we have been aggressive off the ball and aggressive on the ball, we have played well. We weren't that at all in the first half, <clears throat> particularly. Um, we was, you know, slow on the ball. We were, um, very... Uh, I mean, we put ourselves on the back foot, really. We, we, we weren't pressing. We weren't, um, you know, we weren't tracking runners. We weren't doing lots and lots of the basic things. And we were really punished. And, you know, I think there was a few moments where I think one of the goals came from Jones trying to do something, turn into a player time. or something like that. There was a point where Cannon tried something similar, tried to turn through two players, right, where, you know, there's options there. You just play one to it with someone to 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 move around um but a weird uh not addiction addiction is not the right word but it almost was that they were addicted just to running the ball or averse got some words here from and if you need any (laughs) yeah yeah that was pretty much um yeah it was it was really really strange um i thought you know with how we'd responded to the West Brom game with it with a strong performance at against Coventry that I was fairly confident that we would come out and, and you know have a repeat performance but mm. it was so lethargic in the first half particularly um I think like I called very early on I think in the, in our chat that you know someone we needed to sub make a sub for I, I think I was calling to to bring on another different midfielder or something yeah um, yeah, and it was only at that point that I really realised that Woods wasn't even starting. Mm. Um, I was a bit surprised that he wasn't in from the start and it was Cannon who got the start because... Yeah. And we sort of said, I mean, I said before, I mean, second half's a bit hard to read, but I thought Woods, when he came on, was great. Um, but well, maybe let's let's talk lineup because I was also a bit surprised that Christie was starting. Um, I just wasn't sure he'd be ready to, to be um, thrown in from the start. Yeah, look, um, when I woke up and I had a look at the lineup. I there were there were a couple of omissions that sort of took me by surprise. Um, 
because I'd heard nothing about Coyle being injured or anything. Um, so when I saw... Uh, yeah, it wasn't even on the bench, so, so must have a knock, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that um, that surprised me. Um, and then, yeah, then to see Woods on the bench and, like, Cannon starting and just, I was... It was, and then Longman and, playing that COVID yeah, Long, role. Yeah, Longman in. I, I, yeah, uh, was there's a couple of those I just wasn't sure about, and they didn't really do themselves any favors um, in their performances. I didn't. I mean, Chrissy, I, I guess looked rusty at best, um, fairly ineffectual um, on the ball, and I mean, everyone was atrocious defensively. As Ant mentioned in his comment, like Longman may as well have not been on the pitch for long periods of the first half. Um, and Cannon, he's he's an enigma. I feel like some days, you know, he, he does the like the George Honeyman thing of like, you know, he runs his socks off and he's involved in everything and he's trying really hard and he makes some stuff happen just by through sheer energy or force of will or something. Um, and then there's other days like today where he was just ca- caught out of his depth big time. Um, just didn't yeah. look like, <clears throat> like, I think he just doesn't handle, Not he's not comfortable enough on the ball, in my opinion, to handle uh, like a team that's actually going to be aggressive defensively. At a, at a team that might sit back a little bit and allow him the space to sort of take a touch and and run his little you know run around and, and then find the, the pass that he wants that that'll work but I think he generally uh, yeah I think this this comment sort yeah. of sums it up for me and I, I it, it sounds harsh to say but I mean there is a reason he was out on loan at Stockport last season um I just unfortunately don't think that he's up to the level that we need for where we want to be taking the squad yeah. um and like I think the thing was for me, that very early on, I was like, well, this system isn't working. We need to change personnel, I think, change of system. And then when Woods came on, then mm. Jones went back. We, we went to a back three or like a three, five, two, essentially yeah. back three wing backs. Right? And yes, QPR did take the foot off the gas a little bit. Um, but I think we looked more comfortable, looked much more better. dangerous, yeah. more aggressive, much better in that second half when we changed system. And I think while I have been very positive towards... Uh, you know, shot his timing and decision making and things. I think honestly, he waited way too long to make yep. that change in this game. Um, it's, and it's I know sometimes that... you don't want to rush into a decision, and you're like, oh, like cause it was very early that we'd conceded those mm. goals, and so do you go? Well, it's only 20 minutes in. Is it too early to make the See call? Settled, but I think yeah. Also, you you know, you two nil down, and what's you barely we barely had a touch on the ball. We barely had made any sort of inroads in the game at all. We'd just been chasing shadows for. A, most of that 20 minutes so i think like this this morning i'm a little critical of yeah that the 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 amount of time that he waited to make those changes and i think as ant said with the width comment um and and to your point as well i'm surprised that when you're coming up against a side like qpr with the wingers that they have uh chair especially um you're not playing with wingbacks to have that width in defense to combat their wingers and especially away from home. And we, we literally saw it in our, in our last away game at West Brom. Like, it's not as if this is a, geez, where's this sort of performance come from? It was literally, we, we've conceded, what is it? 10 goals in three games. Granted, we beat Coventry in between. Um, but we saw against West Brom, Dean Garner getting on top of Coyle down that, um, well, out down our right-hand side. Um, but we just didn't. We just rocked up at QPR and thought, "Hey, let's try this back four again and, and see what happens." You know, same formation. Let's see if we get a different result. Um, and as you say, as soon as we went to a back five, I think we looked a lot more compact and more, a lot more um, solid. Um, and it was just frustrating, as you say. It, it's sort of that question mark on why it took Shotter so long to make that adjustment at, to half time. I mean, I think there's probably that natural tendency to wait till half time to make those sorts of changes, but. It was sort of similar to Derby last season when they thrashed us um, with three goals in the first half an hour or something like that, and we we kind of went, "Where's the change coming from?" And even then, he didn't even change it at half time. It was sixty mm-hmm. minutes, um, and I think it's you know I, I'm probably a bit critical of Shotter because we have had a, a great start to the season, but like my frustration is, and, and I don't think this is 
too reactionary to just this performance. But my frustration is that you look at every game bar the Bristol City game, and we've been dominated in terms of chances and shots. Maybe, maybe not the Burner game. I think that's probably the other one where we've we've kind of held our own. But you just look at it and you think, granted, we've got all those injuries, but we just need to find a better way to play, a, a more, uh, like a less naive way of playing that means that we're not going to be playing into the opposition hands as much as we are. Like, as Ant's saying, I mean, QPR was set up perfectly tactically. They, they crowded us out. They pressed when they when when we went out wide and then they forced mistakes because they, they know... I feel like a lot of teams just know if they force mistakes in our centre-backs, they'll pass it back to Ingram, they'll panic, Ingram will lump it long and we'll turn it over. Um, and it's, it's you know, you get your performances like Coventry or uh, what's another one? I guess even Norwich, really, where you kind of think, geez we've done well to come away with a win there because on another day, you know, Norwich, Coventry, um, Preston even really could have scored and we're walking away with no points. So, yes, we've had a bit of luck. Yes, we've ridden our luck a bit, but I don't know how long it's going to hold out for us. Yeah, I think um, it is it a, it's a, a symptom of this, like the development of the of the style that Shot is trying to play um, but and potentially, you know, assist a, a result of, you know, those injuries not that you mm. like we said we don't want to blame them but you go okay well we had we had you know too far too fancy guys who can actually play the ball quick and move it quickly who are much more comfortable on the ball um than you know than an andy cannon than you know um <clears throat> some of the other guys that we've got in had in there at the moment but <sighs> Yes. Oh, yeah, and I get that. But then if we are, if we do have to play an Andy Cannon, then you say, how can we set up to yeah, play absolutely. to his strengths or how can we set up to limit the damage and not just say, let's just play with the way we want to play and if the personnel aren't up to it, then, oh, well, we want to stick to our philosophy. Yeah, I think, and that's, that, that is the real, the crux of, of the issue this morning and, at, you know, West Brom particularly, that we, while we have, there's some, you know, tactical variance that Shutter has shown uh and you know i have praised him already this season for you know the timing and choices that he's made but i think there you're right like you you got to play the the game that is that suits your players you can't make your players suit the suit style so um something has to happen there um i think yeah this morning i think even though we waited so long to make the subs when they were made, I thought they were all impactful. Um, And I guess like my only, the only like defense of waiting till halftime is that like, it would be pretty rough to get subbed after 20 minutes. Like, can you imagine how, you know, devastating that would be to to someone's confidence to be the one that gets pulled after 20 minutes? Because even if you, you know, you say, look, it's not, you, you were fine, but this isn't working and we need someone we'll else. to shape know. or something, yeah. Yeah, it, I think it would still be, you would still, that player would still be going, well, but why was it me? What was I doing? Like, and that would could be very damaging for like confidence in a squad that is currently so thin on players anyway. So it, it could know. be a, it could be a Phil Brown, you know, keeping the players out at halftime against Man City sort of moment in the sense that we've had such a positive vibe sort of start to the season mm if you then hook a player after 20 minutes and it, the, the squad then suddenly goes, oh, hang on. Like, you know, it's not as sort of happy camp as we thought it was. It's a bit bit, uh, bit touchy. So I do get that as well. Um, but look, you know, talk about the substitutions. We should talk about Tyler Smith's goal. Um, seen, I mean, it's interesting. I have seen a still frame of it that does look quite close, but I still think... Still frames can not tell the full story when, when watching the footage. He did look very offside to me. Yeah, look, I, at first glance, at second glance, at third glance, he was 100% offside. I saw a still as well where I was like, oh, that's closer than I thought. But I just, I, I still just can't, you know, see how, with, with all of the other offsides that were given, and there were some that were quite close, and then that one is the one that gets like that slips through, and I was like, "What was this? What was the linesman looking at?" Yeah, like, but look, look, it, it's a but, great ball over the top from Slater, and it's a good mm, finish from Smith, and and we take them. Yeah, and I think you know, regardless of how it came about, you know, it was a good finish. He'll take a bit of confidence from that. Um, there were times, you know, in last season where he just looked like 
he was never going to score. Like he had, there was no confidence, no composure. Um, but you know, didn't see that with his chance this morning. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, oh, I think we had one last comment from that. Just on that, on that comments about Schroeder saying, you know, good managers get the best out of the current personnel. It was the biggest issue. System yeah. should change to suit your best players, which absolutely agree with that. Um, and it's not, it's not, it's not like we're sitting here saying shot her out or anything reactionary or ridiculous mm. like that. It's not that at all. Um, it, it's, it's purely a look at how are we, what is the trend in our results? What is the trend in the statistics that we're seeing between uh, different oppositions? And yes, we've played a lot of good sides. That that's a factor as well. But we do have to start to think if we are pushing for top six, if we are wanting to be serious about. Um, any sort of tilt, we do have to think about how we set up. And we've got a great test this weekend against Chef United um, to see exactly how we do set up in that one. But we'll, we'll get to that in a second. I'll get your MVP votes first, which sound like they'll be quite different to mine. Um, so I've for my three, I've gone with one of the players who came off the bench and had a big impact. So I gave my three to Woods. Um because I thought he really, I mean, as part of a system change, but I think he really steadied the midfield and made a lot of good moves to get on the ball and try and dictate play, um, which for the first half midfield just looked frantic and disorganized. And he seemed to settle that and shore that up a lot um, in his time on the park. I gave... It's this real, I'm going to have to change this as I'm going. I'm looking at it now, and I have to change one of these on the fly. Um, I'm going to give two to Williams... Because I thought he, again, I thought I felt like he was had had a real go and was making an impact down that right hand side um, once he came on. Um, and then I'm going to give one to Smith just for the goal. I wasn't originally, but I'm going to now um, because I don't know. He just I guess he deserves it. all three subs made an impact. Yeah, I wanted to ask you actually. I forgot to ask you about Will, Williams, and it looks like Ants. Agreeing with you on two of them, he said Woods, William, and Tete. Um, Williams, I mean, talking, we, we sort of touched on Christie before getting the start. I'm reasonably surprised we didn't go with, I mean, playing into the comment about playing threat back, I would have had Williams as that right wing back because mm. it's a reasonably natural position for him. And I think his pace would have dealt much better with the uh, QPR wingers. Yeah, I've been surprised in the last couple of games that Williams hasn't been a starter. I feel like he, um, is one who I think as well, not quite to the level of Cannon. Mm. I think he, Williams, will get up to speed and can be quite dangerous at this level. Um, but I think he just, I feel like he just needs a run of a few games where he gets lots of minutes um, to get up to speed and to get, you know, get the hang of it. But um, he was in amongst so much when he came on and was trying to, you know, get balls in the box and trying to be involved. And I think um, it was just, it was such a nice change from what we watched in the first half where Longman just sort of was just flopping around on the right hand side unfortunately um but yeah I guess it just comes back to that is are are we best using the personnel that we have available at the moment yeah, no, that's right. Uh, look, I mean, I, to be honest, I, I, I probably would have given a vote to Woods. I, I just completely um, didn't even consider him in my my thinking. So my votes will be um, uh, a little bit more controversial in that sense that I think he probably did deserve a vote, but I'll stick to the thread that I'd originally come up with. Um, I've gone three for Slater. I, I do think he had a, a challenging first half, but I think especially that ball over the top for Smith for his goal um, and the way that we sort of recovered and set up in that second half. And, and I think I think just generally Slater probably probably goes under the radar a little bit because, and I've, we've said it before, so I guess in a sense he doesn't because we do keep talking about him. But um, the fact that he's come into that midfield and is now becoming one of the most reliable units in, in the midfield, and I think I think his output certainly is diminished without Seri and Tufan around him. I think he looked much better at the start of the season. But I think that's, again, a comment on on our injuries per se rather than his own personal form. Yeah, um, I made so a I... personal comment this morning just to myself quietly, and I said, oh, well, he looks like a $50,000 player this morning. 
<laughs> I didn't think he's. I, think he, I felt he was pretty fairly just run ragged in the first half without doing. Oh, it. look, he was. Yeah, that first. I mean, I'm sort of. I guess I'm sort of judging but, my votes more on that second half because I think there's no one that really deserves a vote based on that first half. I just um, didn't make it public to knowledge to anyone about that comment. No, that, that was that was a bit rough. A, that's a good comment. That's a good one. Um, a he can harsh, wear that but... one. Um, I gave two to, to Smith. I think. Um, You've sc- you score a goal in a match like this morning, you can take two votes because, you know, similar vein, I just don't think there was that many players deserving of a vote. Um, now my, my very much controversial one, um, because I know what the social media opinion has been, I've actually gone elder for one vote, um, which people probably say it's the Australian bias, I'm sure. But he did have three key passes, which was the most in the side. He he contributed 11 crosses to, to try and get the ball into Oscar compared to Christy, you know, getting zero crosses in. So his creativity was much higher than Christy on that right-hand side. And he won seven aerial duels, which was actually more than either um, Greaves or Figueredo. So he was actually, um, in terms of our defence, probably our standout performer. Um, so he, and I think, I think the reason I initially went to give him a vote, and then I did go to find some stats to sort of give me a bit of confirmation bias, but what stuck in my mind, I think it was that second half. Um, I can't remember who, it might've been Smith, uh, Slater or someone who pinged the ball out to him when he was wide in, in space and he was able to, to, to find that space and run in and um, get a really good cross into um, to Oscar. And, and it, that was one of the few brief moments in the game where I did feel like we had a bit of attacking impetus. And he did seem one of the few outlets that was trying to give us um, something to go with and I know I know that a lot of the comments and a, a lot of a lot of opinion of Elder will be I think that first half he he did he was slow he did break things up quite a lot in a in a bad way he broke up a lot of our attacks but I think that's a pretty common comment of most of our side um, so I, I again most of my votes are based on the second half performances more so than that first half but uh, I know that one's a particularly controversial one look to, to be fair that Elder is who I at the last minute replaced with Smith yeah, right. Okay. I um I saw all the comments slating Elder's performance as well and I just I didn't think he was that bad overall when you when you consider the balance of the game and as you say, the first half, second half, like it was almost chalk and cheese for the whole team, first and second half. So um yeah, I, I didn't think he was I thought he was um a solid co- contributor. Yeah, the, the the rebuttal to that being that he wasn't forward thinking enough for, for for Ant. He had three key passes. That's that's not too bad a performance. And yes, lots of backwards passes. Fair enough. But I think uh, that was probably a common factor with a lot of our players, not just our defenders. Yeah, I found a lot like that. It, there were lots of backward passes, but it felt like there wasn't many forward options a lot of the time as well. <laughs> so that probably like, didn't help. Yeah, I, that that's the way. I I mean, I saw some of it. I mean, some of them were you know. Uh, Poor, poor choices where he could have played yeah. forward to Tete or someone. But I think there were plenty of times where those options were just blocked off. And yeah. it's, in, it's rather than forcing a pass that where you potentially just lose possession anyway, and he, he's chosen to try and keep, you know, possession yeah. of the ball. So I... I will, I will yeah. stress, I probably would have given Woods the one vote, but I did stick with my original votes um, to make that point. But I, look, I, I agree that there's probably not many players deserving of votes. It's more just, I've got to give it to someone. <laughs> And I wasn't going to change it to Woods, so that's what we've ended up with. Um, look, we do have deadline day fast approaching, I think. Is it today or it's tomorrow in the UK? I don't know. Oh, if hang on. I didn't get to talk about Oscar's disaster. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Go for it. I'll look up the deadline day. That annoyed you that. out of me. That, the back pass, so they played it straight to him and he's in the box. And I was like, he's going to bury this and we're going to be on our way. Oh, yes. And I don't know why yeah, yeah. he took touches. All he had to do was kick it in the net. He didn't have to do yeah. anything with it except for turn and shoot. And then he tried to round the keeper for some reason. So that annoyed me. That was a moment where I went, who is this guy? We've got Eve Yeah, back, to equal got... the record as well. He needed it. <clears throat> yeah, that, um, was, that was a moment that, you know. I think it, it's, it's moments it like that. It didn't when... change the game, but it's one of those no. where you just like, very frustrating. That just sort yeah, of, I guess it's one that summed up our evening, really. I was gonna, I was gonna say it's those sorts of moments when you're like, it's just not our day, and you just know, like, you sort of watch, you watch like, it, even in the West Brom game, he's like hitting the bar. He did get the mm. two goals late, things like that. You go, okay, well at least like we can come away reasonably happy with the performance in a sense. But then when you just like, actually, something else I wanted to mention, which I haven't talked about, Figueredo and his boots. He needs to sort his boots out. He, he, he needs that he some new sprigs. There's something wrong with his with his boots. 
You've got Figueredo slipping over. You've got Oscar missing chances. You've got everything just not working out. It's like, it's just not our night, um, which, uh, yeah. It's a very weird calls with the, in regards to wrestling and shirt tugging and stuff. Some of those calls from the ref were baffling where they were very clearly like, you know, oh, each way, yeah. both players like having big handfuls of shirt. And I think there was one on Tete. There was a few with Figueroa. I think it was the Tete one that I remember where the QPR player's got his arm behind his back, like dragging Tete's shirt. And Tete's got a handful of his shirt and it's somehow foul against Tete. And you're like, mm. you got to just let it go. Or yeah. I don't know. It was just some weird ones. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, deadline day is the 1st of September, which I think means that it's tomorrow evening is the start of deadline day, our time. So Friday mornings, the culmination. So we've got a bit over 24 hours to go, probably about 36 hours to go. Um, Helkus was in the stands for the QPR game. Hopefully he didn't uh, pop out for lunch or dinner during the game uh, based on that performance. But uh, it sounds like that could be announced sort of any time in the next few hours, um, which could Hopefully be good. he doesn't change his mind. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, sounds like after the game, Shotter was saying that we're still looking at another striker because, hey, let's get another, you know, get another striker in the building. Let's not worry about that defence at all, apparently, um, as well as another midfielder. So, look, if that's a defensive midfielder or um, sort of a box-to-box midfielder, maybe that will be a good option as well. But there was an interview with Ajun the other day where he was sounding pretty excited about deadline day. So I'm sure he'll... Uh, like to play into the excitement and the hype and drama around it and maybe we'll see a few late moves. Yeah, look, I think deadline day seems to be exactly the kind of moment that someone like Ajun's going to thrive and revel in the, the the potential excitement and drama that's going to come with that suits his you know TV personality. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting that we're talking about more when I remember after we'd the first first three or four signings we had to go and talk to the um you know fa about our you know f- uh you know financial regulations and what we could and couldn't do and whether we were going to put ourselves in you know into you know financial fair play um you know problems so and then we've since then we've signed what another six or seven players and you know uh it's a wild ride we've brought in uh, i think we're close to a first 11s worth of players and yeah, that's right. I think it's, it's center and center backs. Are, we've we've only got got brought one of those in, but I think just about every other position we could fill with all new players. Yeah, that's well, probably only left back to be honest. You know, which is mm. is really ironic. It's really ironic, actually, given the rumors or the uh, the comments about Elder in the preseason, and obviously Fleming being injured. But mm. it's sort of ironic that we've not looked to replace that position, or at least bolstered mm. it with Fleming out injured. Um, um, I guess we'll still see what, what, what comes of the last few days. Um, Ant saying as well that there's a few whispers of El Ghazi on loan from Villa. The, uh, the the player who was at Everton for about six months and did absolutely nothing. But I, th- I think he's a right winger, I want to say. So that sort of feeds into your comment about getting a bit of quality in on that right-hand side. Um, would be an interesting one. I think that's where we might see that deadline day action. It's the local deals that are much easier to get over the line quite quickly where if someone does become available last minute, Ajun can just say, yep, let's get him in the door um, and can make that move happen quite quickly. Yeah, look, I no idea, uh, but it'll be interesting. Um, I mean, Pelkis is, I think, attacking mid or wide as well. So potentially yeah. he might be one that slots in out wide as well. Because I'm like some of these players you go well how do we fit you know if Tufan's fit how do you, where do you fit Tufan and Pelkis and Salah when he um you know Cynic, he, he uh, got given the number 10 jersey so Ali and obviously yeah. yeah it's just I think I think this is what's so interesting and, and it does come back to that conversation about the manner of our performances recently and we have to think when we've got a fully fit squad Guys like Tete will be on the bench as the option to come on for Oscar. They won't be playing together um, where you'll have, you know, on any given match day, you'll have Ali, Traore, Cynic, Salah, Pelkus. What's that? Five players for like three positions in the side. So you're going to have two on the bench and you might end up being like regularly rotating them or, or, um, alternating the starts which could be a good thing because it could mean you know they're going to keep fit and 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 not get overworked um 
So it'll be really interesting to see. I hope we do get to a point where we do have a fully fit squad because I, it'd be such a shame to get to like March and we've still got players out with like random little injuries and then you're just sort of never getting to see the full potential of this squad. Um, but yeah, look, it'll be a very interesting uh, next 36 hours for sure. Um, okay, well, just before we preview that Chef United game, we do have our Who Am I game, uh, if you're ready to go. Look, as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> okay, so I made 126 league appearances for City and scored nine goals. So decent one of, these day, one of these days, I'm gonna like be be able to like nail this on the first I'm, go. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to think of a player that I'll be able to do that. I think it's got to be a big goal scorer or like a yeah. goalkeeper. I guess zero <laughs> goals. Um, nine goals, 126. I reckon you might get it from the next clue. 126. Like and thinking Michael Turner. It's not Michael Turner. Uh, so it's like two and a half, three seasons, sort of. Uh, yeah. Appearances, I maybe just over three, possibly, depending on, like, obviously, like, not many players play all 40. Yeah, I'm going to say six. three. Well, yeah, actually, I'll give you the next clue, which will tell you exactly how many seasons it is. Uh, so I joined City on loan in 2013 before signing permanently in 2014 and departed in 2017. So 2013-14 was the Bruce first Bruce yeah. pre- first Bruce Premier League season. Yeah, um, I would give you the club that they departed for, but I that, that'll give it away. I'm trying to remember who was on low. I, who was on low and then signed permanently next season. Ant's, you're one season out, Ant, but that's a good guess. His most recent guess was uh, Elmer Hamedy. Not far off, but uh, not quite. Hmm. This is this is upsetting me. Um. <clears throat> I can I can either give you the next clue or I can tell you the club that he signed. Wow. I don't know if that will. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so I when he departed City, he signed for West Brom where he still is. Oh, it's Livermore. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the other clue I was going to say, central midfield and wore the number 14. I think I, that would I be was, just I was like, yeah. I, it felt like a centre mid. And I was like, oh, and I was trying to think. And I was like, and I'm going through all the players of that era. And Livermore wouldn't appear until you said yeah. that he went to West Brom. I'm like, I'm thinking Quinn, I'm thinking Milan. I'm like, those guys, I don't feel like they were on loan before. They were. Well, yeah, because, I mean, Milan was on loan, but, that, yeah, it was the season four, And that's why I was saying Ant's guess of uh, Mohamedy was good as well because there were a few that joined on loan and then signed permanently that following season. Um, I guess, by yeah, actually, to be fair, by saying I joined City on loan in 2013, I could have been referring to that 2012-2013 season. So that was a bit, a bit vague. But, yes, he did join in 2013. That's all right. Um, yeah, that was... That's all right. Yeah, Look, I got there. Of, I, I've, yeah. I've, I've managed to avoid the last clue. Of, the la- the, the, so the, yeah, the, the, the initials, which is basically like, here's a gimme clue. Um, uh, yeah, look, I was because I was thinking, because we had obviously had Shane Long recently, and I was like, is it, uh, I'm trying to think, what's a sort of characteristic of like league appearances and goals? Like, unless it's like a Bowen with like 60 goals. Yeah. I don't, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, th- I think that first clue is more just there to give a sense of like, were they there for a long time or were they yeah. really short? But, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll talk Chef United now. Um, they're currently first in the table after smacking Reading 4-0 this morning. Um, they've won three of their last five games uh, in total and uh, beat us 3-1 last season earlier on in the season before a 0-0 later on in the season. Um, I guess this is going to be a really interesting one because they're probably – in a way, or, or definitely really, the biggest test we've had this season. And I think especially it being a home game where we've got a 100% record um, is going to be a really interesting game to see. So I guess what, what are your early thoughts on, on this one? Um, it's, it's, I'm bitterly disappointed that it's a game where I'm going to be asking like the question about whether we're going to, how we're going to respond to, you know, the QPR game. Um, because, 
it felt like for a period that we were I mean I know like you know everyone loses games um but I feel it felt like we were building some you know consistency sort of in the in the performances and then over the last you know with the last three those two losses have been such a big swing like if we'd perform well but you know lost one nil or lost two one or something I could sort of cop that and it wouldn't bother me that much and I'd still feel fairly confident going into the the next game but I think like even after the the you know between the West Brom and the Coventry game I was like who knows what's gonna like I've no idea Mm. like that's a big and you know you could they could turn up and they and they obviously they turned up and they performed well but you know if you only do that for one game then did you really learn your lessons I think is the sort of thing and I think that to, to have another really disappointing result just like with with one good game in between is worrying me about the you know consistency of our play so i'm actually fairly uh i guess like cynical of our chances in this one um mm. i guess so which is unfortunate yeah as Anne's saying you know they're a top two contender i mean they're they're definitely one of the best sides in the division and i think they've had one of the most consistent starts to um to the season as well so um, they they haven't taken as long to get going as you know if this was if this was Middlesbrough who I also think are a big contender for top two top four sort of positioning if we if we were facing them this weekend I'd feel a whole lot more confident because they've really struggled to start the season um, but Chef United have hit the ground running they signed um, Ahmed Dozic I think is how it is from I think he was in Switzerland or somewhere like that um, centre back doing really well I think he got two of the goals this morning so. You know, it's not like us to be weak at set pieces, is it? I mean, we know from playing Sheffield United last season when they think they got two or three goals from set pieces against us. So we'll have to be switched on for that. Um, and, and, you know, got Njai in midfield for them as well, scoring goals as well. So they're really a, a dynamic side. They can score goals from a whole lot of different positions, very much like West Brom. So I, I do fear that this could be very similar to that West Brom fixture. Um, I think on the positive side of things, being at home, 20,000 potentially there in attendance, as we were sort of talking about before, is a really good opportunity for the players to be really buoyed by the crowd. Um, I don't think anyone's due to be back for this game other than I think I saw Coyle should be fit for this one. Um, So we might see Coyle back into the side. I guess in terms of changes, I guess definitely you'd see Woods probably come back into that starting 11, Coyle and it right back. Maybe you start Longman again. Up to, uh, you know, behind the strikers, um, I just I don't, or maybe Williams. I I don't know what other options we really have. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> my I guess like it depends. Like, what what's going to be the best system to both like counter what mm. Chef's going to do, and what's going to best suit us, like. Because that's going to, I think that sort of really dictates the thing, dude. Because I think, like, particularly, you know, we saw this morning switching to the the back five, um, you know, with, with wing backs worked really well. And so, does Coyle come straight back in? Or mm. do you start, you know, I mean, he probably will. But, and that, I guess, then allows, like, maybe Williams to sub on in the second, late in the, in you know, in, in the second half or something. But, like, I feel like. Uh, it feels like a game where we kind of need to, I don't want to like, you don't want to give too much like respect to the opposition, so to speak. But I think like acknowledging that when we've played with four at the back, we haven't done that well. Um, and just locking that up as much as we can. I guess the issue then is you go Woods, you go Slater. And then I guess that means you sort of have to start uh, Cannon as the uh, attacking mid um or something but i just i, I feel like uh, uh, the 532 or something like that is going to suit us uh potentially a little bit better um it'll mean we're a little bit more uh solid defensively it'll f- create make it harder for them to break down or break down the, the wings if that's how they're going to play um and i just yeah I, i'm thinking probably that which will mean yeah sort of as you alluded to uh, probably Woods will come in. Probably Coyle does come in, you know, at, at right back or right wing back. Um, and then it's only whether it's Longman or someone else. I don't know who 
um, else is because I don't really know the extent of some of the the injuries and things that we have. I don't like because I know like Salah came and he had some sort of a niggle, but I don't really know what it is or how long it's supposed to be supposed to be out for. And um, I know there was like two fan was like. Close. He was meant to be fair for this, so he it sounds like he'll be back for the Cardiff game at least. I mean, Ant saying so he, he's saying three four three. Um, he has sort of said after this, maybe okay. instead of Figueroa, yeah. you put Jones at the back, which does raise the question. I mean, we, we sort of alluded to a, a bit joking about his boots, but Fix hasn't F- Figueroa hasn't inspired that much confidence in me. Figueroa, I should say, not Figueroa. Not talking about old players. <laughs> Um, Figueredo has inspired a whole lot of confidence in me. Potentially, we do bring McLaughlin in and you play a back three of McLaughlin, Greaves, and Jones um, to sort of combat them. But you then, you, as you're sort of saying, you don't want to give them too much respect, but I almost wonder, is it worth is it worth the risk of sort of changing up the defence for this fixture or trying to just get that consistency? Yeah, look, I think... Um... I think in some level you want to keep that some consistency. So I think it would be, uh, I mean, I think Ant was suggesting Figs, Greaves, and then bringing Macca on into the that back three. Yeah, that's right. But then, so that, then he said, then but, then he said but then he oh, said, but then he said, swap for Jones and put Woods in midfield with Slater um, instead, which I think look I, probably makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but I think. Uh, but like I do like Macca, so I, I've got no issues if we did start. Yeah, I, I thought just... I was I was watching someone in the comments this morning. Even like people were saying like, "Oh, we got to you know we need a, another centre back." You know, we don't have anyone. And someone said, "Oh, what about McLaughlin?" And everyone's going, "They were just ragging on him." And I was like, "I thought he went like had a great season last last season." Um, and I saw I saw my my only context of, with Macca was. I think when Greaves was potentially being sold to Middlesbrough, people were saying, oh, that's all right. We could sell him because we've got McLaughlin who can step up. And I was like, uh, it's a little bit of a different quality to Greaves. But that's no slight on, on McLaughlin. I think he'd still be completely fine in a back three with Greaves and, and Jones potentially. Yeah, I don't know. It's an, it's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I, I think – I really think a, uh, like a, a five three two or something is going to be the, the, yeah. the best change that we can make. Um and but I still, uh, I'm not super confident of a result. I as as good as we because I think we're still like we're only three points behind them. I think yeah. anyway. So like if we could somehow jag a win, then all of a sudden we're back in like we stay in that 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 zone and we're you know level with the team that's you know going to be definitely there at the pointy end. Um, but I just yeah I'm not feeling real confident. Um, Right, think, you got a score prediction? Uh, a two-one loss, and that's probably being generous to our <laughs> attackers. <clears throat> I can always, I, th- I think we can always count on um, Oscar to, to to bag one at the MKM. Um, so what's he on now? He's on seven and seven, so he's still got three games to spare if he wants to get to ten goals before. He's got two games to spare if he wants to get to ten goals before Mitrovic. So if he wants to get a hat trick against Chef United, he he could certainly. Get there quite quickly um, would be good, but yeah, no, I, I probably agree. I think, yeah, two one or a two nil loss is probably being uh, optimistic potentially. Yeah, and then saying three one to Sheffield United seemed to score every game, but leaking far too many. I think a red flag in the preseason was conceding too many goals, and uh, ten goals in the last three games is uh, becoming a bit of a worrying trend. So <clears throat> we shall see how we go on the weekend, but. Uh, Look, it'll be it'll be a massive game. It'll be great to see a, a, a huge crowd for a, a Yorkshire derby, and uh, uh, we've got the week to rest after that one before our following fixture. So hopefully, we've got a few players back uh, in between. Yeah, and I think like that's that's the positive. Even regardless of the result, the positive will be you know to see the MKM you know stacked, you know packed to the to the rafters. Hopefully, you know um, <clears throat> making a lot of noise, making it difficult for. The, the blades so yeah um, yeah it's, be good it's, to... it's just good to see we've been talking about like that that con- consistent increase in in the you know attendance to, to the fixtures so it's good to see it continuing on an upward trajectory yeah absolutely well look thanks for joining me for this one dan 
oh, that's all right. This went for way longer than we anticipated Abs- trying to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just ticked over the hour mark. So it's definitely one of our uh, longest episodes of the season, no doubt. Which I, is... bl- I blame Ant for all those yeah. consistently throwing comments in. No, it's great. We we, good, we, we love so it, Ant. So it's 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 great to have you there. And uh, look, we always enjoy having um, people watching along live and uh, throwing some comments in. So that's uh, that's great to see. And so yeah, look, thanks everyone for joining in and uh, and and uh, joining us this week. I should say, uh, we'll be back next week to review the Chef United game. Where hopefully we've got the three points and we're uh, right up at the top of the table. Um, but until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber Black. There's no turning back.